Welcome to Canada's podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Canada's podcast, the number one podcast for entrepreneurs in Canada. I'm Phil Bliss, founder of Canada's podcast. Today, we're going to meet Matthew von Teichmann, an ethical investor, startup advocate, risk taker, believer in downtime, natural foodie, family first guy, and executive chair of Purposeful Stacking Inc. Matt has started nine companies. His first business was a bar restaurant when he was at university. Then he launched a franchised window cleaning company, which he sold, and, you know, six others. Uh, uh, the last one he took public in 2015 very successfully. So, Matt, welcome to uh, Canada's podcast. And as we were talking before, I wish I was out skiing a whistle <laughs> with you, but, uh, you know, we can't. <laughs> some, of us, some of us have to work. No. We, can, we all know we all know we can work anywhere. Uh, yeah, that's, well, that's I'm not working good. much right now, but uh, but that's okay. <laughs> so you know, before we get too deep in conversation, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, what you do, you know, why you're on Canada's podcast, you know, uh, some, something of uh, of Matt as the entrepreneur, if you like. Yeah, great. So, um, so I've been I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. I'm not quite fifty, and started my journey at about uh, I guess I was eighteen when I started my uh, entrepreneurial journey, having uh, started a window cleaning company, and then um, sort of uh, sold it slash gave it to my brother, and then uh, started up a bar when I was at university and sold that and got into uh, I was I think the first person in Canada to do uh, online recruiting with a company called Job Shark with a few partners and. Sold that and and then got in twenty two years ago. Got into natural food and I've launched uh, eleven brands in in the natural food industry. Um, grew a group of them to be quite large, just about a hundred million in sales, and took that public and um, and uh, then left uh, three years ago to basically pursue my personal passions a little bit more uh, within food, which is I'm 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 very big into um, supporting kids through philanthropy, and and so I tried to marry my Philanthropic tendencies with uh, with my business interests and and created a um, you know a popcorn company called Purposeful Popcorn that um, that basically is designed to give uh, most of the profits or you know a, a lion's share twenty five percent of the profits of uh, of that CPG company to support kids in in underprivileged communities. So so been around, um, done a lot of different things, had a ton of failures, a few successes, and. And um, and I think um, you know have have some some maybe some interesting learnings from it all. Great. So you know, obviously I'm an entrepreneur too. Is there something different about entrepreneurs? The 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 you know when you look at the the others around you, uh, is there something different? Some some kind of characteristic? You know? Yeah. Is it just that? Is it just that we can't hold a, a job or that we're all ADHD? <laughs> I don't know which. You know. Yeah, I think the secret sauce for entrepreneurs is uh, is purely appetite for risk. I, I really, I really believe. You know, I have a, I have three brothers, and and my younger brother, one of my younger brothers, um, was having a great career and a cor- you know corporate career. And and one day I was having lunch with him and my dad, and and basically he said, you know, I got I have an idea. I don't know if I want to pursue it. And he was a, it was risk reluctant. And, um, and eventually he took the leap after, you know, a little bit of thought and, and, um, he took the leap and he was massively successful. 
And it was really just the leap. It was that that ability to take on risk, desire to take on risk that I thought uh, that I think sort of um, makes an entrepreneur an entrepreneur. I think it, everyone's got a million ideas, but but um, but not not everyone um, takes the leap to kind of uh, to go for it and see what comes of them. Oh, you mean, I was reading your background. You mean you started nine companies. Um, I don't think all of them have been successful, but you you must have, with that knowledge, have developed some kind of process that that you know from from those very you know startup days, if you like, to yeah to midpoint to end point. I mean. Tell us a little bit about that. I mean, you, you've you've got you've got the kind of experience chops that so I, I kind of want to get some of that knowledge out there, basically. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I'm not sure it's so much a process as it is uh, just a, a real desire to solve a problem. You know, I, I'm a huge believer that that um, if if you can't figure out if you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to you know start a business and and you're you're not solving a you know a problem that currently exists you probably don't have much of a business and so everything i do now is designed around solving a problem um you know i have four startups you know two that have done quite well and two that are are you know colossal failures at the moment and and you know it's a uh, all of them solve a problem or are supposed to solve a problem in one way or another so that that's kind of the the start of it, and then beyond that, it's you know it's it's all the the, the nitty gritty, the details, the uh, you know the positioning. I have a mushroom company, for instance, and and uh, and our positioning in, in that mushroom company is 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 basically to uh, to be the best. The problem we're solving, I should say, is is to uh, is to be the best supplier to the large food service companies of mushrooms, because in the type of mushrooms we grow there's there's very spotty coverage throughout the year some people grow in the summer and the winter whatever and uh, we want to be a year-round supplier so you know solving the problem but then you have to position it and you have to execute on so many details so there's so many facets of it but one thing i would say is that bringing in partners i bring a lot of partners into my businesses and i have for the last uh 10-ish years 12 years um, basically, not so much to be operating partners necessarily, but to be thought partners. And uh, and so I ask them to come in. I give them equity, typically, you know, a very small chunk of equity to start, but it gets them, you know, it gets them involved in the story. And then when problems occur, I have people who know the story, know me, and um, and and can be sort of the right up to speed and can can be able to help right away. So I think that's another piece of of my my success or luck or whatever it might be is is that I I make sure I have a lot of really smart people kind of around the table whenever I need them. Yeah, that's that's really good one. You know, what do you see as the biggest challenge in your future as an entrepreneur? Um, you know, I don't know whether the economy is great or bad or whatever. What, what do you what do you see as the biggest challenge? Yeah, my, mine's a very personal one, and it's kind of motivation now. A drive mm. might be a better uh, you know a better uh, word. I've I've been fortunate that that you know a few of my companies have done quite well, so I'm I'm you know financially independent and. And now I'm really I'm almost fifty, and my kids are almost out of the house. You know, um, empty nesting next year, and my wife and I are really super focused and keen to just you know travel and 
and experience things and see the world. And, and it's very hard to build a business if you're not kind of focused on it. So my mm-hmm. my fear a little bit with all these startups I've got is that, um, you know, is that I'm going to take my eye off the ball because I kind of want to enjoy life a bit more than I than I you know have. I mean, I've enjoyed my life, but I have more freedom to enjoy my life now. Mm-hmm. Um so it's it's a transition for me personally and my wife, you know, empty nesting, but it's also a business transition for me to, I'm thinking I probably have to bring in uh, operators into the companies to make sure that the details are well looked after. And um, and then I can be more of a sort of executive chairman support role than uh, than an actual operator. So uh, for me, it's 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 kind of motivation slash drive is is the, um, you know, is is my overarching kind of concern going forward. So let's move, keep on the advice side, you know, so you've got somebody that's listening to this that knows a bit, I mean, you know, wants to start a start up. What would you say to them, you know, uh, that, that you learned after the fact, uh-huh. you know, in terms of that startup p- period, um, what, what, what advice would you give them? Well, that's, I mean, uh, you know, every startup's different, but I think, again, I think the biggest thing is resilience. You, you, you have to start with an appetite for risk, as we talked about earlier, but then you have mm-hmm. to, you have to really be able to, 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 to take a shot kind of thing. It's, it is, the startup journey is sort of a, you know, a two steps back, you know, two steps forward, three steps back for a long, long time, you know, for, for years, as we talked about before we came on air, it's, you know, mm-hmm. it can be years before you know each business gets going, and um, and you really have to have you know, in my opinion, and even in you know, as as having done this a long time, even my new ones, I think I'm gonna you know I've got the the secret sauce, and it's gonna go brilliantly right away, and and then you get you get you know hit in the face, and and uh, and you take these steps back, and you have to regroup and figure out what you did wrong, and. And 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 continue the journey, and and I think for an entrepreneur that 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 ability to take a shot and and get back up, and uh, and and keep moving is probably the most critical element for. It's not just an entrepreneurial journey; it's for anyone in life. Because you know, as I say to my kids, you know, you're going to have so much failure in your life, and and if you don't know how to get off the mat, and if you don't know how to pick yourself back up. Um, you're never going to be successful in any part of your life. You you just you have to you know relationships fail, businesses fail. You know there's so much failure, but then it's offset by these wonderful successes in life that uh, that that overshadow the failures so quickly. Um, but you have to be able to get to the successes, so you have to be resilient. You know, you said you like to have sort of people around the table that you can that you can you know work with, get it get 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 advice from. You know, in terms of mentorship, what's the best piece of advice that you've received? You know, that you kind of carry around in your pocket, kind of thing that 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 sort of you know is always there. Yeah, I mean, as as a mentor, the the, the best piece of advice is um, you know for for business owners, new business owners, is is uh, get more money than you think you need um, because you're always going to run out of money. There, you know, I, I just I've done it so many times and and. I, even the new ones, I'm constantly putting money into these things. And if I didn't have the ability to put money into it, they'd be, they'd be gone. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, if entrepreneurs who don't, don't have access to capital early, um, you know, it's very, they're bootstrapping as long as they can. But when they start getting capital, take more. I, you know, I had a, a journey in my last, uh, my last company was was public and, and got quite large. And 
And, um, you know, I, I was always reticent to, to, to oversize my deals and we raised, you know, $50 million or $48 million, but I could have raised 150 million easily. And I, mm -hmm. you know, there's just such an appetite for what we were doing at the time. And I kept on paring back these deals and, and I had a great, um, board member advisor who mentor as well, who basically said, Matt, you're, you're crazy. Like take the money. You, you know, one deal we wanted to raise 12 million. We were subscribed to 30 million. He's like, take the money. And I'm like, no, no, it's the value's too low. And it's going to keep growing. And boy, we needed that money, you know, a year later, we really needed that money. And we ended up doing a down deal. And, um, and it's, it's just, a you know, I think that advice of, of take the money when the money's available is something that every entrepreneur should listen to. Don't, don't worry about the equity as much. Take the money. You know, when faced with sort of, you've, you've you've had lots of challenges. So when you when you kind of hit that unexpected one, uh, which are always the, the worst ones, is there a methodology you know that you've kind of evolved in terms of handling that kind of thing? Yeah, you know, I don't I don't think it's probably a methodology. Well, maybe it is. It, it, you know, it's it's going back, I think, to the, the the core, you know, the simplest principles of the company, the core mission of the company and those sorts mm -hmm. of things and retrenching. Um, it depends on the problem, obviously. But if you have one yeah. of those big systemic problems in your business, then going back to kind of the core mission and and uh, and almost reinventing the company, which I've done on several occasions is mm -hmm. is, um, you know, it, it is probably worthwhile. Some people you know, might try to sell it or throw in the towel entirely or whatever. But but often, if the core problem still exists, there's just and then you can find a solution for it. So, um, uh, you know, if it's those big those big uh, business altering challenges, uh, which you know I've, I've really had two in my life, and then it's go back and um, go back and make sure the, the the mission or you know the the problem you're solving is still a problem. And if it mm -hmm. is, then then figure out a new way to solve it. And if it isn't, then move on. Is there anything else in life you would have liked to do? I mean, you've been an entrepreneur. Do you reflect on, you know, it might have been really fun to do this kind of thing? You know, I, 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 uh, I've loved this journey so much, and I would be an absolutely horrible employee. So, no, like, I, I can't imagine a <laughs> career path. I would get fired in every job I ever, you know, I, I'd ever do for somebody else because I don't really play by the rules very, very well. Like, I, I, you know, I don't like systems. I don't like structure. I just like, you know, free thought. And, and, and that's great when you're starting up businesses, not great when the businesses are bigger. And, you know, I realized that I've had two big businesses and both have been, you know, I should have left earlier, but in both cases, I've. I was, you know, running them and, and you know, the business were getting bigger, you know, hundreds of people, uh, tens of millions of sales. And, and I just was the wrong person to run it. And um, and so, you know, I, I think I, I don't see any other career path for me. Like, I just think I'm hardwired to take risk and do startups and 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 that sort of thing. And and on, on the personal side of my life, I'm, I'm super fortunate that I've done, you know, virtually everything, uh, you know, I've wanted to do. And that's the wonderful um, freedom of being an entrepreneur is that you do, you do have time to, to do what you want to do. And, and, uh, you know, there might be sacrifices along with that, but I'm, I feel incredibly blessed and fortunate that I've done, you know, I've done most of the stuff I've wanted to do in life and I have lots more things I want to do in the future. Um, and I don't see a different career path. I just, I'm, I'm one of those guys who, who just loves to start stuff up. And, and I, th I think, I think it's the only thing I could have done.
Kids have some fun questions here. Some, you a morning or a night person? I ask everyone this. I'm always interested. Morning. Definitely I assume morning. that. I yeah. assume that. <laughs> Based <laughs> yeah. on the time it is over there. <laughs> exactly. It's seven in the morning or whatever it is. Yeah, it's morning for sure. You know, is there anything you sort of, any book you've read or, or that, or podcast or whatever that that really kind of you would recommend to, to the audience that, that influenced you? I, you know, I've got three or four books that really kind of set, set my processes, if you like. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of like the Malcolm Gladwell's books. I, I mean, I've, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been fortunate to spend a, a, a bit of time with him and, and see yeah. him uh, once or twice and, and have read his, all his books. I think Blink is a fabulous book. I've governed my life around that sort of instinctual mm-hmm. how you feel about people in the first five seconds or three seconds or mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and the gut feel. So I think that's a wonderful one. Uh, for business people, negotiation, uh, Victoria uh, Med- Medvedek, uh, I believe is her name, uh, wrote a wonderful book on negotiation. The book is, itself is 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 fairly good. If you get an opportunity to see her speak, it is world changing from a business standpoint on negotiation and pricing and different things in business. That that is a, a phenomenal, um, you know, phenomenal read or or if you know YouTube video or whatever. Um, but, um, no, I, I think, you know, I read, I read a lot of nonfiction, interestingly enough, excuse me, a lot of fiction, uh, interestingly enough, historical fiction. And mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, for me in, in my life, I'm a big believer in, in, um, in kind of balance. So I always have a business book and I've always got a, you know, a, a historical fiction book and the, same, the here. same here, actually. Yeah. same thing. Yeah. It's great. Like I love, yeah. I love, I love the old stories that sort of teach me a little bit, but really teach me about the, the time. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I think, you know, I, I think one of the things I've kind of learned in, in life is how important it is to, to take time off and, and even, you know, take vacation things, but even in a, in a day, um, you know, a, a given work day is to go and and take a half hour and reflect. I, you know, I, some people call it meditation. For me, it's more like sleep. Like I, 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 I kind of sit somewhere and close my eyes and, and I find coming out of that half hour uh, or whatever it might be, 20 minutes, 45 minutes, um, you know, I have a new brain kind of thing and I can tackle the problems of the day. Um, so I, I, you know, if you, if you have a chance to read books on meditation, um, you know, I, I suggest those, those are interesting. And the other really interesting one is um, uh, not the greatest read in the world, but uh, it's called Meditations and it's, but it's about stoicism. Uh, Marcus Aurelius, I think, wrote it. And and that was a wonderful, you know, interesting, a bit complex read, but the whole concept of stoicism, I think is something that entrepreneurs really um, would, would benefit from learning about it. It's a, you know, it's a wonderful philosophy. You know, if you had to pick one word, to describe Matt, what would it be and why? One word, uh, resilient would be, would be the, uh, the word I'd probably choose for me. It's, um, mm-hmm. you know, I've just been, you know, in, in these journeys, having, having started as many companies as I have, um, you know, there's so many failures and, and, um, and, you know, so many mistakes I would have liked to have, you know, taken back and, you know, just just so many problems, and um, you know, I, I would I would consider myself a very resilient person, and and I think that's really helped me get to, you know, where I've gotten to is not not giving up on when when it looks insurmountable, 
kind of picking myself up and, and, mm-hmm. you know, and dusting myself off and, and trying again and pivoting and sometimes accepting failure. I mean, that's one of the things that we have to do is accept that, that you, maybe you've made a mistake that that's beyond repair and accepting failure and, and moving on. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, but resilience in sort of uh, doing something new, trying it again and not giving up would be me for sure. What's keeping you up at night on a business front these days? Yeah, I'm, I mean, it's, it's much more operational. I have, you know, I have these four startups, uh, you know, I've got some investments, uh, you, you know, in, in seed stage companies, but mm-hmm. the numbers aren't that huge. So the num- mm-hmm. they never keep me up. Sometimes I, I wonder how I can help a little bit more, but, but I think the, um, you know, the main ones are around my four kind of core businesses and, and, um, you know, I think a bunch is about what am I going to do next year when, when I'm empty nesting and, and, uh, and mm-hmm. my wife mm-hmm. and I are going to be traveling and, you know, how do I structure the businesses? So I'm spending a lot of time thinking about people to bring in, who to promote, you know, those sorts mm-hmm. of things. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I feel very lucky that, that, um, that, that I, I don't, I don't dwell, you know, I don't dwell on the past very much and, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm always kind of looking forward and, and um, and I'm always trying to find the bright side, and so I'm I'm you know I'm I'm in a spot where where you know I'm, I'm comfortable in life, and and I've got uh, you know a wonderful family, and and I've got you know I've got these businesses that have real potential. So I, I think um, you know nothing really keeps me up at night. I, I have I have lots of stuff I'm thinking about, but um, but nothing really nothing really keeps me up. Well, Matt, it's been great meeting you. Um, I wish you were nice out there. You skiing but that, that's fine <laughs> <laughs> let's do the next one in person at say uh, Tahoe. Yeah. okay it sounds sounds great <laughs> uh and and thanks very much for coming on canada's podcast how can people get a hold of you uh, if you know they they, they listen to or, or look at this and say i gotta get a hold of this guy yeah, great. I'm 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 much more active on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm not a big social media guy, but I'm uh, I'm much more active on LinkedIn. So Matthew von Teichman, you can find me on LinkedIn, and and then otherwise my email is m a t t v t at c four funds and anyone can email me anytime and uh, happy to happy to chat, especially. You know, I think for those who are going through the entrepreneurial journey and having a lot of questions, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm always happy to give a little time to to just see if I can talk through it. You know, I, I don't, uh, you know, I, I don't, uh, I can't guarantee I'm, I'll be interested in investing or any of those things because I get a lot yeah. of those requests, but I certainly will give my time to see if I can, I can help. Okay, Matt, thank you very much. It's been great seeing you. Thanks, Phil. Appreciate it. Nice to meet you.